Thank you so much for listening to series one of the Media Careers podcast. We've had such amazing feedback and it's been brilliant to hear how the advice and guidance from our guests has supported and inspired you so much. I also just wanted to flag the show notes to you again. There are direct contact links to our guests within them, as well as links to other companies and organisations who can support and guide you further. So please don't forget to check those out as well. And finally, I have one small favour to ask you. Please could you press the small button to either follow or subscribe to the podcast so we can reach even more people who can hear from these amazing media professionals. Thank you so much and I really hope you enjoy series two. Having studied media film and video production at Buckinghamshire Chiltern University, Sonny Hanley started his career at ITV Factual within the entertainment department in Leeds. Since his initial role, his career at ITV has spanned over 20 years, working within multiple departments across the broadcaster, varying from production to technology to operations to content services. He is currently the director of ITV Academy, a new initiative to address current and future skills gaps. He's also the chair for ITV Embrace, ITV's internal network for Black, Asian and minority ethnic colleagues, and sits on the board of the Northern Ballet Company as a non-executive director. Sonny, welcome to the Media Careers Podcast. Thank you. It's uh, good, good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's really great to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. So on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning of somebody's journey and start actually when you are a child and a young person. So did you have any particular hobbies when you were a young person or any particular interests? So uh, I think like all children of, of the 80s, I loved being out uh, and just hanging around the streets, whether I was playing with a football or climbing a tree or I just loved kind of being out with friends and socialising. Um, I didn't have any specific hobbies over and above watching TV. Uh-huh. Uh, for a child of the 80s, kind of TV was kind of your life, really. When you got up, you watched TV. Before you went to bed, you watched TV. Um, you probably watched programs that you weren't supposed to watch because you watched what your parents watched. You know, so I watched a lot of things that now I look back and I think, why was I watching that at that age? Like MASH, for example. <laughs> <laughs> What nine-year-old would watch MASH? But, you know, it's, it's those sort of things. So I just watch everything and, and anything, really. Amazing. I love that. And so do you think you were aware of the media industry as a result then, as you were watching TV? Or was it just kind of the entertainment factor? You hadn't actually thought about the, in- the industry yeah. being an industry? Yeah, I think I was very aware of, um, you know, from an early age, I was very aware that I was very interested in TV, not necessarily being on TV or being a presenter or anything like that. Although I did have idols on TV, you know, Lenny Henry was certainly an idol kind of growing up because, uh, you know, in the late 80s, and I'm sure my age now, at that time, there weren't that many black people on TV that you could really look up to. Yeah. Um, Lenny Henry was certainly one, the cast of Desmond's, um, Trevor MacDonald. You're rolling but, out some classics here, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely showing my age. But, but, you know, I was never really interested in kind of being an actor or being a comedian, for example. But I was, I was always interested in the mechanics of TV, how the fact that these programmes that were you know, made in London or in studios, how they ended up in my room, in a box in the corner of my room, which all the furniture was facing and we all kind of sat around and enjoyed them together. So uh, there was a, a kind of a fascination from an early age of of the TV making process, really, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and were you academic? Was, you know, did your studies come naturally to you when you were, when you were young? If you ask different people, you, you would... <laughs> 
a different answer. I think if you ask my teachers, probably not. If you ask my mum, she, she would probably say, yeah, I'm, I think he was. But um, I, you know, I loved school. I loved being at school. Yeah. Um, I, but I think that's largely to do with my friendship circle. You know, a lot of my friends at school, I am still good friends with now and they still are part of my social circle. But I wouldn't say that I um, worked to my full potential school let's say I was I was always very bright I was very always very astute I was always very creative but I think if I'm being honest with uh you and the listeners I would say I was bright enough to do what I needed to do to get through I could have done so much more but I kind of worked out at an early age that there was there was a, a benchmark that you kind of had to get to and as long as you got to that the teachers would pretty much leave you alone and and that's what I did really <laughs> yeah okay I love that <laughs> and then so you did GCSEs and then what kind of subjects were you thinking about at A-level? Were you thinking about what types of career you wanted at that point or did you, were you just kind of going with the flow at that point still? Yeah, so do you know what, like in, in my, when I think back, it was ever since I was about nine years old that I knew I wanted to be in the TV industry. Wow, uh, that is early then. You really were, uh, yeah. And actually when I when I talk to people and I do panel sessions and I speak in schools, I kind of realized that I was quite lucky that I knew what I wanted to do because there's so many people that just don't know what they want to do or they, they wait until they fall into something. But I knew what I wanted to do. And therefore it gave me like that laser-like focus to kind of focus on how I was going to achieve, achieve that dream. I remember driving past, so I, I live in Leeds, I'm from Leeds and I live in Leeds. And I remember driving past uh, what was Yorkshire TV back then and asking my mum like what happens in there and her explaining that the programs that I watch some of them were created in that building and so from that point onwards it was really all about how do I get in that building how do I start my career in that building unfortunately for me 20 years late not me that's more because I'm a bit older now but <laughs> you know spin forward maybe three decades I work in that building now that I drove past and really wanted to get into. So, um, yeah, so quite lucky in knowing early on that I wanted to, what I wanted to do. Quite lucky that I had a very supportive mum who believed in in that nine-year-old boy who, when that boy turned 11, bought him a camcorder, which was very expensive at the time there. And, you know, we're talking the late 80s, but I'd said I really wanted to make TV programmes and films. And so when I got that, I made all the, you know, the kids on the street, all my friends kind of be actors. And I, and I produced my first film, uh, which I still have. Uh, do you? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I love that. Old high eight tape, um, which I, I do need to transfer. But yeah, I still have it. Um, and I still look at, I haven't watched it for ages, but I can remember being in that film and I can remember producing it and, and getting the shots right. And, and that was from the age of 11. So um, like I said, I was very lucky that I knew what I wanted to be and I knew what I wanted to do. But actually, you know, you talk about the education system that didn't mirror kind of the things that I was doing at school because there, there was no media GCSE at school when I, I went to school. You were pushed down a channel of after GCSEs, you do A-levels. That That's kind of what you're supposed to do. And college was, it was almost a dirty word. You know, it was like, well, you know, if you're not, you know, bright enough to stay at school, then you have to go to college and do something. So I ended up choosing some A-levels. I think at the time I chose maths and British government and politics was, was an A-level at my wow. school. 
uh, and I quickly didn't do that and I moved to college and uh, I did a diploma in media technology and that was the thing that really kind of set me on the path to go get you know get my hands on the kits speak to people that also wanted a career in the media and it, it would really kind of uh you know lit a fire inside of me that said yeah actually this is definitely what I want to do so it had nothing really to do with school because school just wasn't catered to um, people who wanted a career in the creative industry um, it was when I went to college and then eventually to university that things really started to happen yeah well that's extraordinary that you knew at such an early age that this is where you wanted to be and where your career was headed and where you know that kind of as you said that laser focus and also incredible that you are now working in that building that you saw as a as a young child that yeah, yeah. what a journey that is I love that yeah. and also well, I think a lot of people even today I think see that academia and the world of the creative industries don't necessarily mesh that well and so hearing somebody's story that actually you've been able to make that pathway into the industry I suppose, despite your kind of education in some ways that actually, you know, you had that passion and drive and I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go after what I believe in. And and it sounds like your mum was really critical in that as well, believing in you, because that obviously changing from A-levels to college, that must, that's quite a big decision, right? Kind of. Yeah, it is. And and you know what, she was always very supportive of what I wanted to do. She was, um, she's very kind of, education focus you know you've got to work hard you've got to get your education um you need it to get on in life she just kind of drilled that into me from an early age um she made sacrifices for me to she she moved house to to a better area so I could go to a better school for example you know I've already told you that she bought me a camcorder uh which is a camera for some of your listeners won't even know what a camcorder is but you know a small handheld camera yeah she did that and she she really taught me kind of life lessons from an early age um she certainly drilled it into me that I would probably have to work twice as hard as my counterparts because of the color of my skin because I'm black that that would have an effect on on my employment so those sort of values kind of have an effect on how I live my life now and how I choose to raise my own children now as well so so yeah she had a massive influence early on in my life yeah amazing so you went to college and then you d- did decide to go on to university. Was that always a path that you were going to take, do you think? Was university kind of automatically going to be that next step? Or did you think about trying to get into the industry yeah, post-college? Post yeah, I think, again, at that time, it was kind of university, you know, that it was almost kind of drilled into that if you go to university, you know, you will get a better job or you will have a better chance of getting a, a job. And I was really kind of ready for it. I was really kind of ready to kind of move and, you know, live my own life and uh, be independent. And so I really kind of embraced uni life, maybe too much at times. He said too much? But it really gave me a good grounding, a good understanding of what kind of jobs uh, are out there. That is changing now. You don't necessarily need to go to university to to have a career in the media. There are lots of different roads and avenues and paths that people can take. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just my path. Um, uh, And I I wouldn't change it. But, you know, we'll, we'll come on to my role in the academy. But I'm certainly an advocate for not necessarily going to university because that's the only option because it, it, it just isn't anymore. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I loved my path into into um into the working world, shall we say. Yeah. So what so so what was that path then? How did you make that transition into your first role? Yeah. So after university, I went to Buckinghamshire University and my plan was always to 
move back to Leeds and get a job at ITV Yorkshire, as it was then. It's, oh, sorry, it was Yorkshire TV back then, actually. That was always my plan. And I was lucky enough to get a runner's job with uh, an independent production company. So, you know, making the tea, um, driving the cast around, because uh, we, we were working on a, a children's drama in Leeds. Okay. And I was lucky to, enough to get four, four weeks paid work on that straight out of university, which was amazing like to 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 get that job out of university was was you know it was life-changing because that was my first step on the ladder of my career and after that the production company it was a production company called real life they based they were based in leeds and they shared a building with a training consortium called the yorkshire media training consortium uh, one of the pieces of advice I give people is that when you're starting in, in the, your career, speak to everybody because you never know what one conversation will lead to another conversation that will get you that, that next step on the ladder. Like I say, they real life shared a building with the Yorkshire Media Training Consortium who were launching this training scheme for new entrants to the media. And they were looking for a trainee production coordinator. And it just happened that I had an incidental conversation with somebody walking into the building that um, I was alerted to this training scheme, which I applied for, and I ended up getting on. And that training scheme was based in Yorkshire. And what they did is over an 18-month period, they um, placed you at three months on in different areas of the creative industry. So I spent three months at the BBC, three months working on a film, three months working uh, at a production company called Screenhouse. And then there was a three-month placement at Yorkshire TV, which was the the holy grail for me. And I, I begged them to put me there last so that, you know, if everything worked out, they would say, you're so good, let's keep you here. And uh, that was that was my, my plan. I mean, it kind of worked. It was great. They wanted to keep me, but there was no programme. So I spent about nine months uh, at another independent production company. And then the phone rang and then they said, we've got a contract. Would you like to come back? And I said, absolutely. And the rest is history. I came back and I was a, uh, a production coordinator in the factual entertainment department, working on all manner of shows. And I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I, I just thought, this is where I'm going to grow my career. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Um, I'll come back to growing your career in a minute, but that um, that incidental conversation that you had, I think so critical, isn't it? Because if you'd not had that, then actually your whole career might have been totally different and you might not have kind of got to, to where you are now. It's crazy, isn't it? That kind of sliding doors moment, actually something you Opportunities just didn't know. Be, yeah. They can be anywhere and, you know, come from anybody, you know, and, and people often think, oh, you know, they only come from senior people or you're going to talk to that person or that person they can literally come from anybody um so it's about really keeping your eyes open you know um and and listening and talking to people and meeting people and increasing your network and all that kind of good stuff and and because you just never know when the opportunity knocks yeah and that's the same whether you're starting out in your career or whether you're in the middle or the you know towards the end of it like it's all about that isn't it it's all about the conversations you're having with people and and being open to that as well I think just not being open to those conversations and and meeting people and and not closing yourself down to potential opportunities so so you got your first role and then was it always sunny to you it sounds as though it is but it sounds like you were absolutely I'm never gonna leave I'm never gonna leave Leeds I'm gonna stay here this is my home my city my where I'm meant to be both 
from a career professional perspective as well as a personal is that am I getting that right was it is it always been yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my intention was never to leave Leeds. Um, you know, my family's here. Like I say, I, I'm from a big circle of school friends and they were all here. Yeah. My now wife had moved to, to Leeds. And so there was no reason for me to to move elsewhere. And, and obviously ITV Yorkshire was here and we there was um, lots of, you know, program making departments at that time, like the factual entertainment department, the features department, news. Emmerdale was obviously here. So there was a lot going on in, in Leeds uh, mm. around that time, around 2003 to 2007. So, yeah, so, th- so there was no need for me to move. I know a lot of people, you know, feel like they have to go to London or mm. elsewhere. And, and you know, if they are from the regions or from the kind of the wider parts, Perhaps they have to move to kind of a, a, a hub like a Leeds or a Manchester or a Liverpool, um, but I didn't need to do that. And I, I wasn't prepared to to give up Leeds. Actually, no, no it's, it and that's amazing. Leeds. So you were, your heart was set on staying in Leeds. So how did you then navigate kind of promotions and looking for your next opportunities? Everything was about getting into ITV, making TV programs. You know, seeing your name on the credits at the end and having that proud moment and telling your mum, you know, my program's coming on and we used to send little TX postcards. I don't even know if they do it anymore, but TX postcards used to post them out to people to say your program's coming on. And and uh, yeah, it was always, you know, every time you, you know, were part of the program making process every three months or whatever, there was a really proud moment, you know, and and certainly for, certainly for my mum, who was uh, heavily influenced my career, that was a proud moment for her also to see her son's name at the end of a programme. Mm. And that that's all I kind of wanted to do. I wanted to climb that linear ladder, if you like. Uh, I was a production coordinator. I wanted to be a production manager and a production executive. And I thought naively now that that's kind of what you did you kind of just climbed up a linear ladder and I was very ambitious and at the time there weren't that many opportunities for production managers and so it just kind of made me reassess if I want to get on how do I go about navigating my career because I I worked out then that it wasn't just going to be a linear ladder and I could move across and go up a different ladder so I spent some time as a researcher and then an assistant producer and an edit producer yeah and I loved you know it was really about trying things and seeing what you're good at and Mm. uh, and I quickly realized that I was you know very good at creative or very good at interviewing people or very good at telling stories for example and I also had that that kind of production manager, production coordinator kind of brain around organisation. So I quickly amassed a lot of skills in a short period of time. And unfortunately, in 2000, I think it was 2008 or 2009, you know, the, the country was in a recession. The, the programme making arm of, of Yorkshire, or ITV Yorkshire, shrunk and a lot of people lost their jobs. I myself was included in that. And actually, it made me reassess really what I wanted. It gave me a good time to kind of reset and think well what is it that I really want to do okay and I felt like I'd, I'd done everything I needed to do in the kind of program making but I, I knew I still loved tv again it was about about those kind of chance meetings and chance conversations and I got a job back at ITV as uh what was the content media workflow coordinator essentially they were responsible for delivering making sure that the programs are delivered to transmission as it was back then. And then through speaking to people, it, it got me a job as a business analyst in technology. See, this is how weird and squiggly people's careers can be. And at the time, I did not 
even know what a business analyst did. Um, mm. So it was so new to me, but, you know, I looked into it and I thought, actually, yeah, this this could be something I, I could be good at. And I ended up being a business analyst for six years and I was really good at it. And I, so, I what, look- so what is a business analyst? So no, a business analyst, uh, so works largely in technology or you can you can get financial ones but I was worked in uh in technology within ITV and essentially they're the the um the link between the business so the people who want say a new technology or a new workflow or a technology project and the people that are there to deliver it so the the techies the developers the testers the platform engineers you're the one that can speak both languages so you interface and and be that link so you may be asked to come up with you know workflow design or requirements gathering or that sort of stuff and then you help deliver that project into the business and and that's what I did so I worked on projects like when we took ITV all file base so removing tape out of the workflow big you know huge big I was gonna say that's a big project project. right Yeah. yeah Um, and yeah, I, I loved being at the heart of transformation because I, I was I was a I was very astute at thinking in a in a different way. And I think when you're working on transformation projects, you need to think in a different way. You know, people are looking for something different. And like I say, being that link, being able to translate what the developers and the testers are talking in that real techie language, and being able to translate that into requirements for the business, you, you're kind of key. And I, I loved being at the center of, of that that those sort of projects once i we'd done that which was a, a quite a long-term project one of the main beneficiaries of that project in the business was a, a department called content delivery obviously and then i was asked to go and and run that department so i moved into operations yeah i ended up you know running that department growing that department it was such a small department at first and we grew it and we grew it and we grew it and we took on external work and one of the other things that I was really good at is is kind of business acumen and, and seeing where we could make money or do more stuff not just internally but externally so we started to offer our services externally and so the department grew and by the time I'd left that I think the um you know, the, the overall department, which was then grew into content services, was around 60 to 70 people. Wow. So it was it was a, it's a very sizable operation. So and, mm. and again, I enjoyed transforming that. So there's a kind of a theme in terms of what, what I enjoy doing in that, that transformation, that growing, that developing. Yeah, um, that really is. It kind of filters throughout your, yeah. your life, and doesn't it? It then brought me on to being the, the director of the ITB Academy, which is what I am today. Yeah, amazing. I'll come on to the ITV Academy in a minute. But at any point, did you think about that linear trajectory? Or by the time you'd got into being a business analyst, it seems as though you'd kind of already kind of got into the flow of just having a jiggly, wiggly career. And actually, we were just going with what was interest of interest to you. Or did you go back to thinking, oh, I should be going to XYZ now? I think sometimes the... um... The kind of the career changes are almost brought upon you because you look up and you can't see anywhere to go. There may be there may be people above you that just don't want to go anywhere. And so mm. the opportunities are limited. And so you either have to look left or right or just start speaking to other people. And everybody's ambition is different. You know, people, some people like myself really just want to get on and move at speed and consume information and knowledge and then use that to to, um, to help them in their careers. And some people are happy just 
been in a role. Yeah. Uh, but I was never, I was never the latter. I was always wanting to do more. So whenever I felt like I got everything out of a role and there wasn't a move up for me, that's when I started to look left and right and seeing how I could transfer my skills into other areas because the, all my moves that that they've not been you know direct left and right moves because they've been so different yeah but the core transferable skills have been there in yeah. all of it but they, they've, they've still been a risk right they, every move I've made it's still someone's you know taking a chance on me and thought yeah he doesn't have you know, 80% or even 60% of the things that we need. And it is a risk, but actually he's got the majority of what we need. And actually he's got that fire and that drive and that passion. Mm. For a lot more, it's so heavily weighted having those than the technical skills, for example, which you yeah. can learn. Yeah. But you can't, you can't learn to be passionate. That That's just inbuilt within somebody. Yeah, well, and inbuilt in, in you from nine years old as well. <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. So look, tell us about the ITV Academy then. It's a new initiative, but yeah, tell us what it's about and what it's hoping to achieve. As you said, the ITV Academy, it's a brand new initiative. We launched uh, this year, February of this year, February the 2nd, I think it was. It's ITV's response to the skills gap shortage in the industry. So there are certain roles at the mid-level, so editors, production managers, production accountants, location managers, where there are not enough people in the industry to work on the plethora of programmes that have been commissioned or been made in the UK. And that's largely due to the fact that production in the UK has grown exponentially. And that's largely due to the fact that the streamers have kind of made their home in the UK. So over the last five to seven years, everything has grown uh, exponentially c- compared to the number of people available to work on those programs. So we have a shortage. And so the idea is that the academy is come along to be able to come up with initiatives to accelerate the training and development of those sort of roles to, to get people into those sort of roles. So it's not, it's not putting uh, inexperienced people in those roles. It's finding ways to accelerate people's training and development to get them into those roles. That then creates opportunity at kind of the entry level. So we're, we're um, creating traineeships and um, and those sort of things to help new people get into the industry. So really, it's all about diverse pipeline of talents, not just creating them, but but finding ways to retain them as well, because there's lots of movement. It's a heavily freelance-based market and people tend to move around and the streamers are very consuming in terms of they want the good people. But yeah, I, this is the ITV's way to build and retain a solid pipeline of diverse talent. Yeah, it's super exciting and very much needed. Mm. So I, I will make sure I'll share the links to ITV Academy are in the show notes so that people can find out a bit more about it. But what was it about this role that particularly excited you? Because you'd obviously been, you'd kind of had kind of big chunks of your career in certain areas, but what was it specifically about the Academy? It's such a new initiative and a new, and a new, and really new for you as well. What was it that kind of made you go, well, this, this role is definitely for me? Well, I think there was there was a couple of things that really excited me about it. I mean, the first and foremost, it was building something new, and I love building something from the ground up. I feel like with um, the content delivery department, I almost built it from the ground up. It was a very small department that had been unloved for a number of years, and I, I feel like by the time I left, it was a big machine, um, and I love that. So, you know, to do that again for a brand new, you know, management board backed initiative was really really exciting to me but I think 
fundamentally, it was really about leveling the playing field and making it easier for new entrants, people that want to get into the industry that don't know how to have an entity within ITV that they could go to. Because traditionally within television, what we have is uh, an echo chamber of people who know people who will get them into the industry and that they, you know, it makes it so hard to have a, a diverse workforce because it always relied on somebody's, oh, I know my uncle works in TV, so that's how I will get a job. Well, what about for the people who don't have uncles that work at the BBC or don't work at ITV? How do they get a, a job? And so to be able to come up with uh, initiatives and training trainee schemes to level the playing field to, so anybody can apply and create that gateway into ITV was really exciting for me. So if I can make it easier for the next generation to kind of fulfill their dreams, you know, whether they're, they're a nine-year-old kid looking at a TV and thinking, I would love to work at ITV, but I don't know anybody. I want to make it easier for them. Uh, and so that's when I found out about this, that's what really kind of drove me is that, I'm going to do something good here. I'm going to make it easier for the next nine-year-old Sonny Hanley to get into ITV. So Sonny, what what advice do you give to young people who are thinking about getting into the industry? It's a complicated world now. There's lots of different companies, but what advice and, and lots of different roles as well and, and still a little bit of a lack of clarity around how you do get into the industry. So what would what advice would you give to a young person going okay, I actually think I might like a job in the industry, but I've got no idea how to get there. Do I go to uni? Do I not go to uni? What, what, what's yeah, the best I mean, advice to them? I mean, there's more information now than ever before. Right? We, we live in an age of information. So there are, there are so many resources. This podcast, obviously, is going to be a massive resource for people thinking, what what can I do? And who's there to inspire me? And, and what are the links and all that kind of stuff? So I would just read, research, uh, understand the industry. Organizations like Screen Skills have a, a really good kind of map of all the different roles in the industry that you can do. So, so don't get into the industry thinking, I want to be a producer, I want to be a director, because there are so many different roles that people can do. So I would say, if you really, if you really want uh, a career, and there are so many people that think that they want one, but then there's there's a, a small percentage that really want one. If you really want one research, understand what you might do, what you might be good at, and then target people that can help you get there. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, my kind of top tips, I guess, that the first one above all else is you have to be passionate. You have to be passionate about this industry because like, I'm going to give everybody a reality check. It's not, the, great, it's not the greatest payer, right? The, the hours sometimes are not great, but the passion that's, that you have will get you through those things. Because if you're really passionate about working on TV and you're working on a program, you won't be clock watching. You won't, you won't even be aware of you, you. You will just do it because you love being in the industry. So you have to have passion because that will sometimes drive you through the, those really kind of tough moments. And you're going to need to work hard, right? No, no, no one's going to give you anything. Nothing is given. Everything is earned in this industry. So you have to have to work hard. I would say be nice, right? doesn't cost anything and people kind of forget you know some people forget in, and in this industry you do run up against people who are just not nice and we should try and kind of sideline those people and make this industry just a, an industry full of nice people 
I would say talk to everybody. Like, you know, you never know when those opportunities are, are going to come. And I would say get a mentor as well. I would say everybody needs a mentor, not, not just new people coming into the industry. I have a mentor now. I've always had a mentor, that person that can, you know, sometimes unlock doors for you or they can uh, introduce you to other people or they can just be a sounding board for when you're sometimes even having self-doubt because everybody has self-doubt. You know, everybody has imposter syndrome at one point. So get yourself a mentor because... Um, I would love to meet a person that says I made it in this industry all by myself because it just doesn't exist. Everybody needs somebody. I can count, you know, on one hand, maybe uh, six people that have really, you know, kind of taken a chance on me or helped me with my career. Uh, Kirsty Poskett, Nicola Bowen, uh, Zoe Carter, Ian Cottrell, uh, Helen Stevens, uh, Adi Rawcliffe. You know, these are people that have rolled the dice and taken a chance on me and, it, and it's paid off. So make sure that you you have a mentor, you have people that can help you and 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 remember them. You know, I've given them a little name check there, but, you know, it's, it's important to, to say thanks. Yeah, totally. It's always important to, to thank the people that helped you. And I couldn't agree more that we all rely on other people helping us and guiding us and supporting us and and then picking you up as well when things don't go wrong as well, giving you that support and encouragement when you do get a few knocks or setbacks, actually having those people that can kind of pro- provide that different perspective are, are critical. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny, what's really clear in this podcast is just your enthusiasm and passion for the industry and your love for the industry. It's like shines through what it really does like it's you you know it just it, it I love it yeah yeah but so but that was my question really how do you keep that passion because it because as you said it can it can be a tough industry but it strikes me throughout all of the different roles that you've had and particularly as there's been such a variety of different roles that you've you have kept that passion but what has kept that alive for you somebody gave me some a piece of advice yesterday actually it was somebody that had only been in the industry um six six or so years or five years and that's a good an interesting thing is you know advice doesn't always have to come from some you know elder of the uh, of the industry you know advice can come from anywhere and uh this guy said to me last night um you know remember why you got into the industry because that was what will take you through some of the long dark days or some of the times where you just don't know what you're doing anymore or you're having self-doubt remember why you got into the industry and I always remember watching tv and being fascinated by it and then sometimes I have to pinch myself that Oh my God, I'm working in the building that I always wanted to work in. I'm still walking through the same doors that, you know, I looked at or I drove past and said, I want to be behind the door. So I am essentially living my dream. Because, you know, the reality is at nine years old, I didn't really think that it could happen. I didn't know anybody behind those doors. And, you know, I didn't know anybody in TV that looked like me. So the reality is I didn't know that it was possible. So my passion still now is from the fact that I am living out my dream. And uh, and that will never change for me. Uh, as long as I am, um, you know, the, the, the old adage goes that if you find a job that you love, you will never work a day in your life, right? So for me, coming to work in this building, making a difference, running the academy, it doesn't feel like work to me. It feels just kind of like what I was kind of born to do, almost. 
That's, and that's great. And I, I know I'm lucky in that sense, but I, I would implore anybody to find a job that they love doing because you're going to spend a lot of time at work. You're going to spend a lot of hours at work. So find a job that you like doing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because it does, it's it's your whole life, right? You're at work for your whole life. So make sure it's something that you care passionately about and can get a lot from you, get a lot from yourself. And people as well, you know, surround yourself with good people. You know, yeah. if you surround yourself with negativity, you're going to become a negative person. You know, if you surround yourself with good people, they're going to elevate you. You are going to be good if you surround yourself with successful people. It all breeds. So you have to realise what's important to you and, and, and how important having a good life is. And I'm not just talking about having a good life in terms of having lots of money or a big house or anything like that. I'm talking about your mind, like having a good, good life. And if you surround yourself with those sort of people, you you will. And I think within, I, I can only really speak for ITV because I've been here, this will be my, I'm going into my 21st year at ITV. And I've always surrounded myself with good people, whether it's the team below me, which, you know, have uh, always been a fantastic team. I've got a fantastic team in the academy. I had a fantastic team in content services. But, you know, it was all, all about building people around me that sometimes were better than me, you know, but I could learn from them. Variety as well. You know, in my career, I've had lots of different variety. And, you know, I would I would advise people to, you know, Get everything you need out of that job. And then when you want to make yourself happy, look elsewhere, you know, look and and move on and and get more knowledge and and all that kind of good stuff. Um, Because there's so many different roles in TV. I I, I genuinely got into TV thinking I was going to be a vision mixer. Did you? Yeah, so someone that sits in the in the gallery, kind of cutting, letting the cutting the shots between in the live studio. I genuinely thought that that's what my calling was going to be. And then once you get into TV and you, your eyes are open, and you think, oh, well, that, that's an interesting role. Or, God, yeah, it's great to be an editor or whatever. And I tried lots of different things. And, you know, I remember being a production coordinator and then they were looking for an edit assistant to do night shifts. And I did that as well. So I did a production coordinator during the day. I wouldn't, before I tell this story, I wouldn't advise people to work these hours, but I was a production coordinator during the day. I would go home, I would have some tea, uh, and then I would drive back to work, and then I would be a edit assistant during the night, digitising films, and then I would finish at six in the morning, I would go home, I'd get a couple of hours sleep, and I'd come back to work and be a production coordinator. <laughs> Not advisable, but I did it because I loved it. That was the only reason why I did it. I absolutely loved it because of the variety of being in the edit suite and learning that technical cap- capability and being a production coordinator and organizing crews. It was it was all just great fun to me. That's but, insane. <laughs> yeah, it's not advising. I'm definitely not advising that that's how you do it. But it goes back to if you love your job, you, you will do it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think also that is just about you being curious as well about all sorts of different parts of the industry and wanting to learn about different different roles and different areas and so I think that and that was fueling your passion as well um gosh Sonny that is completely mind-blowing but but brilliant I love it (laughs) so what is it final question what is it that it's exciting and dynamic about the industry for you what what keeps that passion going because you're like it's really clear the passion as I said comes from you but 
what is it for you that makes the industry in, in three words or three you know, separate words? I think um, I think I think the people, you know, working with good people, creative, all got that common goal. But I guess that's common across um, quite a lot of industries. But it's a very, very creative industry with very, very interesting people. And they're all some of them are a bit weird and a bit, you know, creative people can be a bit weird, but they're fun to be around and it is a, it's a very very fun industry i think i mentioned about the variety of, of of the type of roles that you could be doing when i speak in schools i often tell people what what do you want to be and people might say i want to be a lawyer or i want to be an accountant or i want to do and i'm like you can do all that at itv because the the variety of roles uh not just at itv but within the media industry or the creative industry it's so varied you can yeah. be a media lawyer or you can be a production accountant you can be a location manager an editor or, there are so many different roles so the variety for me is uh is unrivaled in any other industry i personally think and then you said three didn't you so let me go with uh my final one i think is i think it's kudos I never get tired of when people ask me where I work and I say ITV, their eyes light up because it's a big recognizable brand. It's kind of, oh, wow, that that's interesting. You know, I'm not going to do any other industry down, but, you know, I, I don't think people's eyes would light up if I said I was a dentist, for example, or, uh, you know, I feel bad for dentists now, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> working in the creative industries working for a company like ITV a recognizable brand people will watch and know their programs like Love Island or Britain's Got Talent or I'm a Celebrity it's very very well known so I don't get tired of kind of the kudos that it kind of has yeah totally oh look Sonny thank you so much for your time today it's been amazing chatting to you Good luck with the ITV Academy. I know it's going to go on to do amazing things and have an impact for lots of people, both in the industry and those people coming into it. We wish you, you all the luck and success with it. And yeah, thank you. And don't lose that passion and enthusiasm. We love it. Good, good. I, I can't, well, it's been 20 something years. I can't see me losing it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks, Sonny. Thanks.